but I mean, if you're wanting to get a head start on where we're headed, you can do that too. So we're going to talk about helps ministry this morning, just like Pastor said. And it's interesting because last week when he was preaching and he was preaching out of Ephesians, he got on to Ephesians chapter 4 and kind of gave a little preload. And I thought, as he was doing that, I thought, don't you dare teach my message. I'm not starting over. So, but anyway, it was a good setup. And maybe you remember what he said, maybe not, but you're going to hear it again this morning, so it's all good. Ephesians chapter 4, let's start, let's just read the first part of Ephesians chapter 4 here. Here, I told you all to go there, and I didn't bother to head that direction, so give me a second to catch up. We'll just start in verse 1 in Ephesians 4. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each one of us, Grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who had descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all in all. And he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be carried, be children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickier men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ." From the whole, from the whole, from whom the whole body joined and knitted together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. There is a ton of good stuff in here. So let's break this down just a little bit and, and take a look at a few things. And there's basically going to be three things that I'm going to want you to walk away with today, and, and you'll catch them as we go along here. But let's start and go back to Ephesians 4, 7 through 9. But to each one of us, are you one of us? I is one of us. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. So Christ came to the earth. He died, he went to hell, he took captivity captive. He took Hades, he took the keys of hell, he took death captive. And he took it and he reigned with that. So, so what this is referring to here is kind of like the wars of old in biblical times. When a nation would go against a nation, the, the victor nation, the king of that nation, would take the spoils and the plunder of the defeated nation, their goods, their cattle, their horses, their gold, their treasures, whatever, all the good stuff after they defeated them, and they'd take that back to their kingdom. And it was the king's right then to distribute, should he desire to, to the people, these different treasures and things of the 
nation that they conquered. And so that's kind of what this is referring to here. Christ went to hell, took care of some business, defeated the enemy, put the last enemy, death, under his feet, and then ascended to heaven. And it says here that he gave gifts to men. So he brought back the spoils. And yes, we're talking about healing, health, prosperity, authority, all these things, yes. But we're also talking, when we get into the calling of helps ministry, we're talking about a specific gift from God to be a blessing to the body of Christ. And we'll get into this where you can see this as we go. But the one thing you need to pick up here is if you is at everybody, is if you are one of those, you are gifted. Jesus himself has specified a gift for you. Every person in here, every person in the body of Christ for that matter. Then, along with that, as it says here, let's just read that real quick again. But to each of us, each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of the gift. So there's different types of gift, different measures and levels of the gift, if you want to call it that. But no matter what you've been gifted to do, God gives you his grace, too. Now, what is grace? Somebody got a quick definition? There's a couple of main ones. God's ability. That's the number one I'm looking for. God's unmerited favor, you know, by grace you've been saved, yeah. Empowering presence, that'd be a good way to look at it too, but yeah. So by through, through grace you've been saved, that's kind of God's unmerited favor. You couldn't do nothing to earn his grace there. That's just God's grace. But also, God's grace is his ability. So when he asks you to do something, when he puts on your heart to go do something, not only you have the gifting to do that, but you have his grace, which is his ability. You can't fail. You just can't go wrong if you get a hold of and understand the grace that is given to you. There is nothing that God can ask you to do that's impossible because he's going to give you the ability to do it. So it, it, it's just the perfect setup. He gave us grace and he gave us a gift because we have things to do. Let's look at 4, 11, and 12. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So verse 11 there, we see the fivefold ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, right? So does everyone in this room need to fit one of those categories? Otherwise, there's no gift, there's no grace, right? Is that what we're getting out of that? No, that's not exactly quite it. Yes, those are there, but what are those there for? Verse 12. For the equipping of the saints, is you a saint? That's what we is. So they are set apart or set aside to be able to turn around and teach in regards for equipping the saints for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. And there's some things here that I've never seen before, and we'll get into some other scriptures as we talk about 2 Corinthians 12. These two sets of scriptures just reflect each other back and forth in some, in some very uh, interesting ways that I've never really even noticed before and how important they are to helps ministry. Yes, you're called. Yes, you're gifted. And yes, you need to be doing something. But even though so many of you are doing that, you know where you belong. You are to be serving in an area. But maybe the pizzazz isn't there anymore. Maybe you just aren't enjoying yourself anymore. Well... I'll show you why. I'll show you what you can do to fix that. So there, the, the helps, the, the five-fold ministry gifts are there 
to edify the body, or I'm sorry, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and the edifying the body of Christ. Real quick, because this isn't where we're going, but I can't help mention it because I'll find a way to put a plug in for salvation one way or the other. Work of the ministry. What kind of ministry do you know of that we are all called to? Anybody got a guess? How well do you know your Bible? Yeah. So 2 Corinthians 5, and you don't have to turn there if you don't want. Just let me read it real quick here. Actually, I've got it here printed this way. We don't dig forever, but. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. While Christ was here on the earth, what was he doing? He was reconciling people to God. He, he was teaching them about the kingdom, the God's love, and how he wanted to restore that relationship. And then he turned around and created that way for that, rec- that reconciliation to take place. But... Is Jesus walking around in the flesh on the earth preaching and teaching reconciliation anymore and encouraging people, imploring them to come to God? No. We are ambassadors for Christ. That is the work of the ministry. That is what we sit up here and preach and teach to you to exhort you and encourage you and, and, and give you what you need to go out and do the works of reconciliation. But we're going to talk about helps ministry today. So that's a side note. Some other day, a whole other message. Number two, out of this scripture here we see we've been equipped to do the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. And that's where we're going to camp and kind of take a look at a few things here. So let's see, where am I at here? Edifying the body. Um, so yes, you've been gifted by Christ You've been given a specific gift, and we can use that gift for the edification of the body. So Ephesians 4, 16, let's look at that here again. From whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. So if every part is doing its share, what does that do? It causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So when we all, through helps ministry, do our part, it provides opportunity for the body of Christ to grow. And what do I mean by that? We'll get through that here. So, again, sometimes helps ministry seems like this, just not very glamorous. You know, it's not the fancy fanfare thing of getting to get up front and preach a message in front of everybody. Trust me, you can have it if you want it. It's not getting up front and leading worship and playing music and having a beautiful voice it's, you know, those are pretty cool things. That's the stuff I want to do. I don't want to scrub the toilets. I don't want to change baby diapers. I don't want to deal with the children's church kids screaming and hollering. I mean, I don't want to do that stuff. I want to be up front, you know, where people won't pat you on the back and say, you did a great job today playing the drums. Oh, thanks. You know, whatever that might be. Though, so sometimes it doesn't seem like those things are very glamorous. But, you know, for example, if we didn't have the worship, and we didn't have the sound guys back there that half of you probably don't even know exist back there making him sound good. they got to do a lot of stuff back there to fix that guy's 
crap, no. But they're back there doing their part week in and week out. And we don't even really think about it. How do them words get up there? They're planning that, and they're trying to keep up with him, too. And they don't know where he's going. Nobody really knows where Abe's headed half the time. I'm going to just pick on Abe today, I think. But So if we don't have those things happening, we can't get together, worship God together in unity, which is what we're supposed to do. We can't all just come in and start singing our own favorite song. It's just going to be a mess, right? So if we didn't have any children's ministry, we'd have a bunch of kids in here right now. If we didn't have somebody up there with the children's church, people over there with the toddlers, some people in the nursery, do you know how noisy this room would be? And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't like kids. It's just it creates a distraction. So you might then be lucky if you get about 50% of what's set up here. And we're probably on average pulling in about 50% anyway, so you might not as knock that down to about a quarter of what's preached. Really? Really? We do, we do a plenty of our own distracting ourselves and thinking about what's coming and what i got to do this afternoon and this week. If there's no cleaners, this place is going to get to be a pigsty pretty quick, cheap or dirty. That's just the way it is. They make messes. Nobody's in there scrubbing them toilets, let alone the men's urinals. Yeah. What are them going to look like after a few weeks? If nobody's out there mowing the yard, doing those types of things, the place will look abandoned in about one month. You know, it'll just look overgrown, and we'll assume it's closed, and you guys will quit showing up. Or, worse yet, this is the worst thing that will happen, is if nobody does their part, your pastors will. They'll start doing it because it's got to get done, and it's right, and it's what God wants done. And then we're not able to set aside time to pray, to study the word, to be able to equip you to do the work of the ministry and edify the body of Christ. So if that starts happening, this whole thing starts to unravel. And before you know it, you're getting these half-hearted messages because there's no preparation, there's no time with God, there's no anointing upon the word to flow out and to benefit you that you can walk out and do those things that God has called you to do. There's no encouraging message to let you know that you are gifted by God and you've been given grace to do something at Harvest Church and to have a role in the body of Christ. None of that happens. It just unravels and falls apart. So, number one, you have been gifted by God. Every person in this room has something to offer. Again, a lot of you know your place and you know what to do and you are doing that week in and week out. But... Every one of you needs to be doing something. That's how the body works. That's how the body of Christ functions. And if the body has bad joints, missing limbs, parts and pieces, trust me, you can go talk to any amputee and, yeah, you can make some things work sometimes, but it gets a little more difficult, you know what I mean? So if you have a full functioning body, everything working like it's supposed to, you can do those things that you need to do smoothly and easily without any limitation, right? You guys can lighten up. I make jokes about it all the time. Some of you are like, oh, my gosh, did he just? Anyway, so that's number one. You have been gifted by God, and you have a calling. You have a purpose here to take care of. Number two, and we'll see this through these scriptures here, we need to be united. We've got to be on the same page. We've got to be pursuing the same mission. We've got to be striving together to do the same thing. We can't have 26 visions from God in one body trying to go eight different directions and do eight different things at once. So let's look at this. <clears throat> well, let's see. 
What did pastor preach about the entire year last year? Uh-oh. Might have to spend another year on it. The vision of Harvest Church. Can anybody throw out the mission statement? No, you're not allowed to answer any questions today. Yes, I heard many of you say it. A people committed to serving and sharing Jesus Christ. Why did he spend the whole year doing that? We need to be on the same page. If some of us are committed, some of us are serving, some of us don't give a rip, and some of us can't wait to get out of here, and yada, 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 you know, we have to be like-minded. That's the only way we can accomplish what the body needs to do, especially the body here at Harvest Church. What's he teaching about this year? Your spiritual inheritance, who you are in Christ. He's equipping you to do the work of the ministry. If you get a hold of some of these truths, I don't know, it's been a short series on this already, but it has been so edifying, so encouraging. It is really stirring me up because, yeah, that is who I am in Christ. And, yes, I have been gifted with these things. So what am I doing putting up with some of this garbage in my life? Let's get out there and do what God has gifted us to do. Ephesians 1 chapter 3, you don't have to turn there, but he's been teaching out of Ephesians 1 and, and kind of highlighting chapter, verse 3, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Man, you could take three of them words and do a whole sermon. I'm sure you're probably already heading in that direction, but there is so much good stuff in this tiny little scripture, but I want to point out two words in there. So the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Again, yes, healing, life, prosperity, all these things he has blessed us with. But the word blessing itself, if you look it up, one of the definitions is a gift. So spiritual gifts, and you have been gifted as we have already seen. So this is part of your inheritance. This is part of the things that you've been called to do. This all works together, and all these scriptures pull in together. So we need to be united in mission here at Harvest Church, united in who we are in Christ, and united in who we serve. We need to recognize these things. And in Ephesians 4, back to, let's stay back here in Ephesians 4. Look at verses 3 through 6. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. We have to be united, and we have to be in peace with one another. If we're fighting amongst each other, don't get me started on the different types of churches. Good Lord, aren't we all serving the same Lord? Aren't we all serving the same God? Let alone even inside of some of these different churches. Uh, denominations, they even break off and do six different ones underneath one of them. You can't even keep up with it. I don't get that. That just drives me insane. It's the same God. And I swear we fight amongst each other more than we ever take the time to fight against the enemy. I mean, what's, he's just probably sitting back in the easy chair having coffee because we're handling his business just fine, right? And it's not supposed to be like that. But let alone, we can do that inside of in an, in, an individual church. We can bicker and fight amongst ourselves, tearing apart the unity and the peace, and we're never going to accomplish anything because we're not on the same page. So we need to endeavor to keep that. Uh, where was that? Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all who is above all and through all 
and in you all. Same team. We're all on the same team. We're all going for the same thing here. So we need to be united. We need to move forward together like that. Okay, so let's jump over to Second, or I'm sorry, First Corinthians chapter 12. There is a whole nother chapter dedicated to the same thing. And as I read this, you're going to see the same things highlighted. You're going to see about your spiritual gifts and the different types of them. We're going to see about how the body works, and we're going to see how we need to work together. And that will bring us to my third and final point. So let's just read through this. Bear with me. We'll stop and take little breaks and, and relax. But let's go through this whole scripture. This whole chapter. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, or as in Ephesians chapter 1, we could kind of switch gifts and, and uh, blessings around. Concerning spiritual gifts or blessings, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away by these, to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is the Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are differences of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. One Spirit, one Lord, one God sounds about the same, right? Out of Ephesians 4. <clears throat> 4 to 1. Let's see, right, go back to verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. You have been gifted to be a blessing to all. Verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Who gave gifts? Jesus, he's the king, he's the one that decides who gets what and how. <clears throat> Verse 12, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. That's pretty united. You need to read that like seven, eight times to get a hold of this unity thing. Go for it, because that's very clear. We are of the same body. Verse 14, for in fact the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. And if an ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole, if, if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if, we're, if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed, there are many members, yet one body. So we can't sit here and try and compare and decide that, uh, I just mow the yard. I don't really have that important of a thing here. I ain't got much to do with any of this. Yeah, she's eyeballing me. I know it. Anyway, she's little one up front here sees me and is starting to yell. So she's trying to get my attention. <laughs> That's her amen. It's just funny. Anyway, just because you're changing diapers in the nursery doesn't mean you have a lesser of a role than me standing up here right now preaching this message. This is just my part. 
That is maybe someone else's part. It's the same thing, and you'll see even more as we go on here, how there is no difference in God's eyes. Yes, there is a different measure of the gift, but the grace is the same. Oh, if the people of Harvest Church who serve in Helps Ministry would understand that there is a grace for you and would ask God and pull on that grace, oh my gosh, you would see greeters who are just lighting the world up of people as they approach the door. And I'm not saying the greeters don't do that. Just don't misunderstand. But you would see children's church teachers who are changing the lives of children every time they show up. And understand that's what you've got and what you're doing and what you've been called to do. You know, if you're mowing that yard, you're taking care of God's property here on this earth to make it look good for the people who come, the guests who come. It's just, it'll change the way you think about what you're doing here at Harvest Church if you'll understand these things. Where did I leave off? Verse 21. Verse 21. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our presentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts, I said that wrong, and our unpresentable parts have a greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to the part which lacks it, that there would be no schism in the body, but that each member should have the same care for one another. <clears throat> Again, not everything here seems to be glamorous. That's part of helps ministry. But God gives it great honor. God gives it the same grace to do those things. Okay. No, uh, let's see. Where do I leave off? 26. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are, uh, you are the body of Christ and members individually. There's our unity again, the importance of it. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles and gifts of healing helps. 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 Helps ministry. That's what we're talking about. Where is it listed? Right in there. It is not some peon thing to do. It is listed with the apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, pastors, the whole nine yards. It's in there. Helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. So, you have been called, I'm sorry, you have been gifted by God something specific to do here at Harvest Church, a, a specific gift that he has given you to edify the body, to build the body up. And that's number two, is to edify the body. We need to be in unity. We've got to be striving for the same thing on the same page. That's why pastor preaches for an entire year about the mission of Harvest Church. That's why he's going to teach probably for the entire year in regards to who you are in Christ. We can all be on the same page and move forward together. The third one, and this is the most important one, and this is the one that if you have been doing what you know you're called to do, and maybe things have gotten a little sour, or they just aren't what they used to be, or you're starting to get that impression that what you're doing doesn't count or isn't that important. It's just one of the lowly members of the body, if you want to call it that. 
You need to be motivated by love. I'll explain what I mean here. Paul gives us all of 1 Corinthians 12, an entire chapter dedicated to teaching us how the gifts of the ministry work, all about the spiritual gifts, all about how the unity of the body works, all of these things. He lays this all out, an entire chapter. And then the same thing in Ephesians 4, we see that we're gifted by God. We are to be united. We are to be one-minded, work together towards the vision given to, to us by God and then to us through our leader. All of this stuff. But then where, how's the end, chapter 12, or 1 Corinthians 12, 31? And yet, I show you a more excellent way. Let's go on and read what he says there. Let me jump over there. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. Now realize, we got chapters and verses. Paul wrote this. There was nothing breaking these two apart. It's not like he shut down and took a break for a week and then came back and started writing again. This is all working right on through it. So he goes to say, we'll start back in 1231. But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mystery and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Okay, listen to this. Without love, everything we say and do just becomes the noise of nothingness before God. Just get that? Without love, everything we say and do here at Harvest Church, all the ministries, all the outreaches we could ever drum up and dream up, if it isn't motivated by love, it is just noise before God. It's works without faith. You can't do this stuff if love isn't your motivating factor. Night to shine is pointless if it's not motivated by love. That's what it's all about. That's the whole reason we do it. Because we love people, period. And that has to be what motivates us. Yes, love for the sinner because that's the only thing that's going to get you out there to reach that sinner because you love them and you understand that God loves them and you understand the ministry of reconciliation. But we also have to have love for each other here at the body. And when you, you, you figure out that this is awesome, to have a family, a church to come to, like believers, like-minded, people who have gone through some of the same things that you have or that you're going through, that you can talk to, that you can go to and get advice, some seasoned people and things, that you can get their wisdom and understanding or just a good hearty slap on the back that's saying, it's going to be all right. You're going to be fine. God's got this. When you figure that out, you start to recognize that this is a good thing going on here. And you can allow that love of God to reach out to other people and motivate you. Because I love people, I'll spend time working up a message to encourage you and exhort you. Because I love people, I'll gladly come out here and clean. 
you know, I'll do my share and come out and clean on my week and, and clean the urinals and things like that. That's my wife. I don't do that at home. I'm not very good at helping her out. I don't like to clean. <laughs> I don't care for it. But you know what? It seems so much easier to do it here than it is at home. I guess maybe I need to work on my love for my wife. Anyway, let's get off of this real quick because I'm working myself into an ugly hole. But because of the love for people, the love for God, the love for the sinner, that motivates us to do these things. And so if you're struggling with whatever you're doing here at Harvest Church, or if you're not doing anything because you don't feel it's important to do anything, then ask God to open up your eyes and show you his love towards these people that you're sitting in this room with. And that will motivate you. That will exhort you. That will encourage you. That will put that fresh fire back in to do these things. And when we do night to shine, it's a ton of work, maybe, yeah. And sometimes we stand out in the cold and get things set up, and, and we're doing something different this year, Steve, so there's not going to be a, a nightmare on these lights out there. We're just, we figured out a way to get rid of that problem and headaches, so take a big sigh of relief, because I already did. But why do we do that? Because we love people. We love these people with special needs who are our guests that night. And we want to show them that love. We want to show them the love of God. And when you allow that to motivate you, it'll change the way you look at these things. It'll, it'll change the way you move forward. I hear you. The love of God will motivate you to serve. The love of God will motivate you to, to do your part, to get involved, to keep doing whatever it is that you're doing. So let love motivate you to wipe that baby's butt so other people can sit in here without that distraction and be able to, to glean from the Word of God. Let the love of God motivate you to go in there and clean that dirty urinal after all these yucky men go in there and make a mess out of it, right? It has to be the love of God to be able to do that, right? Let the love of God motivate you to lead worship because who knows where they're coming from and what's going on. But when that love of God motivates us, it'll come out. It'll be pure and it'll flow forward with the anointing of God. And I can remember even, and I, and I kind of miss it, but it's some things have moved and some giftings have changed, whatever. But mowing out here, that was one of my favorite things to do. And I still sneak a chance in every now and then where the schedule falls apart and I'll jump in and jump on that mower. I love it. I enjoy it because I, I, I get to do a part to help keep the place looking good. And so when people come on Sunday morning, it's just motivated by love. You get what I'm saying? <clears throat> so let the love of God motivate you to capture that and unite with the vision of Harvest Church and get behind and support whatever it is we're doing as a body. You know, maybe you don't get night to shine. You don't totally understand it. But let your love for the other people here, let your love for your pastor who's casting that vision, let that love motivate you to get involved, get hooked up, and support it, and not balk about it, not crab about it. Because I have to do this, i got to do that. But let the love of God override that. So, as we close today, three things. You are gifted by God. You have been called to do something here. If you're not doing something, let that love motivate you. Come talk to me. Maybe you know where you're supposed to be and God's been pulling on your heart to get involved. And that's fine. Just come talk to me. We'll make it happen. 
Maybe you're not doing nothing and you know you need to, but you have no idea where to go, and that's why you've never come to me. That's fine, too. We've got things. We'll get you somewhere. And that doesn't mean that once we get you there, you're stuck forever. That's it. No way you can change. No. If that's you, too, and you know that, that you need to move around, we do that from time to time. We shift things up. And you'd be amazing how, how free that becomes feeling for everybody, even for us as leaders. It's like, that was, that was a great move. You know, I'm glad they said something because there was a frustration there and we couldn't figure out why. But now we see and it shifts and it moves and everything becomes great. So you are gifted by God. Number two, let us strive for unity with everything. I'm sorry, strive for unity every time we come together. Our worship will be awesome and whole when we are united together, desiring to worship one God in the same spirit, like-minded. The word of God will flow forth like never before if we come together, one-minded, desiring to glean and to learn about our spiritual inheritance every Sunday when we come. We, we will, our, our helps ministry will blossom when we're all on the same page, moving forward, striving for the same goal, like a deal like night to shine. When we all get together, an incredible event takes place, and it is changing this community. It really is. It's doing a great work out there. I've got people asking me to help that I don't get it. I would have never thought in a million years somebody like that would ever want to get involved with something like this. So it's a neat thing when we come together and we unite towards one cause. And the third thing, let love for each other motivate you to serve and be a blessing to each other. Love each other, bless each other by doing your part here at Harvest Church. Amen? Amen. Pastor.